Brought to you by the Center for the Arts of Greater Lapeer. The PIX podcast showcases the best of the PIX theater and gallery 194's featured artists, musicians, and entertainers. We are the center for all things art and entertainment in Greater Lapeer. Here's your host, Jill Lynn Lyons. Hello, and welcome to the next episode of the PIX podcast. Today, our guest is Pauline Southworth. Currently, Pauline has a solo show at Gallery 194. For our listeners that don't know, Pauline is also president of the Lapeer Art Association. And I'm very fortunate. That means that she is often in the gift shop as a volunteer and we get to see her on a regular basis. So we've had the chance to chat from time to time and get to know a little bit about each other. But I honestly don't know when your artistic ability started to show itself. Were you artistic as a child or? Well, I don't know if I was artistic, but I was interested in art. I loved anything to do with art, crayons. And I, I like to hoard paper and pencils and any form of, you know, artistic things like that. Yeah. It, I don't know if I was good at it, but yeah, I've always, always enjoyed art. Always. Yeah. Were you a, a doodler in school or? I love to do drawing, especially just like graphite on paper. That's what I did mostly when I was younger and I was pretty good at it, but I, I copied, you know, from pictures I saw and I would but I was really good at making them look like the picture. So, yeah, I think I was pretty good at it. I don't know if being left-handed had anything to do with it, but, you know, they say left-handed people are slightly more creative. But, yeah, I mostly did just drawing. I do a little bit in chalk. My mom, oh, my gosh, my mom and dad have a couple clown pictures up in their house that scare me to this day. <laughs> don't take them down. <laughs> quite young. I think I was maybe 10, 11. So think of a 10 or 11 year old clown. And yeah. (laughs) And they're still up. They are still up. Oh, Oh yes. Goodness. Oh, wow. The subject matter is scary enough. (laughs) Oh, I don't, you know, I must've liked clowns at one point in my life. Not so much anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So then did this continue on through high school and college? Yeah. In high school, you know, I had a pretty full load, but any class that I had a choice to take, it was always art related, whether it be drawing. I took a pottery class in high school. That was one of my favorite classes. So I got to do, I made wind chimes in there and threw on the wheel for the first time, made a self-portrait like bust head of ourselves. That was scary, but fun. I took some painting classes in high school and some basic drawing classes. And in, in college, when I went to college, I took some art history classes. I was always interested in that. I took some color mixing classes and some drawing classes, but nothing that those were just kind of for fun, you know, just to fill up the space. It wasn't your major. You didn't major in art. No, no. I did what did not. you major in? I became a teacher. Yeah. Uh-huh. Elementary. Yep. I taught in Flint for 25 years. And within my first year of teaching, I went back to school to get my master's in early childhood because I realized the older kids weren't for me. Once it 
opening came around for pre-K, I nabbed that. And oh my gosh, I was just, it was wonderful. I loved it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that long. And prior to that, I actually went to cosmetology school and did hair for about eight years. Oh, so hair came first and then college? Yep. Yeah. I was kind of a late bloomer when it came to college. I was married and, oh gosh, I think I was pregnant or I already had a baby and I was pregnant for my second one before I even went back to school. I was having kids while I was getting my degree for teaching because I realized I love doing hair, but you really can't make any money unless you work weekends and nights in that field. So, and having kids, I wanted to kind of have the same work schedule as my kids would have in school. So I went back. Went back. Wow. That's ambitious. Yeah. (laughs) I don't even know how I did it all, but you know, when you're young, you have a lot more energy. It's true. It's true that those things that we did when we were younger and you go, how did I do all that? I really don't know how I did, but I know I think my, my plate is full now and it's not, (laughs) you know, I do things for fun. I'm here at the gallery and I'm taking classes, but it's really a light load, but it doesn't feel like it. The older you get, the less you want to do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now though, art has become more in your life than it was. It's kind of after family art took over. Yeah, actually. Well, yeah, when you're, when you're young and you're having kids, they pretty much fill up and you're working full time. You know, your kids, they start getting into sports. And so you're driving them here and there and you have no time, no time. So it was either give up my workouts, which I couldn't do, or, you know, I just didn't have any time for art. And frankly, I never even thought about it. It just was not a part of my life anymore. It just it just kind of went to the wayside. And it wasn't until there was quite a defining moment that brought me back to art. So when I was, oh gosh, when I was almost 40, I think it was around then it was 2007. I had a spinal cord tumor that I had surgery on and it left me in a wheelchair. So I had no means to work out anymore. I wasn't physically active like I used to be. And that was a huge part of my life. And so I needed to find some form of relief, mental, and just to take me somewhere else. And so I just happened to pick up a paintbrush and a big old canvas for the first painting ever. I'm like, (laughs) I'm going to do this. I'm going to go big. And I just started painting. And I remember the feeling that it gave me the first time I did that. It was, it was so cool. I mean, I was I don't even know how long I worked on that painting when I first started painting, but I remember going into the bathroom, looking in the mirror and my cheeks were beet red. I was just so into it. I was like, took me to a a different place and I've been painting ever since. I love it. The idea just came to you one day. I'm going to try this. Yeah. Yeah. I need a form of release. I need, I need to find something to do, you know, that will take me away, you know, take you away. Oh, wow. That's cool. I had no idea. Now I do know when you had the surgery, you didn't know that 
ending up in a wheelchair was a possibility? Oh, I knew. Yeah. Oh, you did know? For a long time. My first MRI, I think I was 30 when I went in and they found all these things wrong with my back. And, you know, everybody said, do not, you know, you're walking, you've got minimal pain. You do not want to have surgery on your back unless it is the absolute last choice to do. As they told me, because it could land you in a wheelchair. You could be, you know, they told me all these horror stories. So, you know, I waited another 10 years, but by then I was losing my ability to walk, (laughs) losing function, you know, so I had to, I had to. So, and, you know, it was a huge, huge change in my life, but it wasn't all negative. You know, I, so many good things came from being in a wheelchair. You know, it made me slow down. It made me appreciate life. It made me worry less about the small things. People, people are so lovely and friendly and caring and helpful. I went back to work after that in a wheelchair for another seven years teaching pre-K. And that was just an amazing experience with those little kids. They're unbelievable. They're just great. You know, I thought this is not going to work. I'm not going to be able to do this, but I did. I can see where it would almost be an advantage because I substitute taught for a while. And when you have those little ones, I was on my knees all the time. Right. Right. Because you want to be at their level, you know, and towering over them. And for me to tower over anything is a major thing. Right. And they become protective of, they became, you know, these little forms, you know, people don't understand little kids, how amazing they are, you know, they're, yeah, they're loving and caring and they tell you everything about their parents. (laughs) (laughs) They thought my car was magical and (laughs) very protective too, though, you know, they, and I think they acted better because I was in a wheelchair, you know? Oh, Oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know why that is, but they, they seemed to, you know, cause kids can act out, you know, even, oh, yeah. and they seem to, because I was, you know, quite a long time, not in a wheelchair with them. And it just seemed to shift a little. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But the thing is it brought you back to painting it and did. that's been a really great thing. Yeah. Once I retired, I went full, full force into painting. Just, I started in acrylics and painted for about 10 years and only acrylics. And I wanted to try watercolor, but they scared me. I thought they were very unforgiving, which is not true. I wish I would have tried them earlier, but <laughs> I also wish, so I painted for 10 years without taking any formal painting classes, which is a mistake. Any of you out there, if you're thinking, oh, I don't want my creativity to be stifled, that is not the case. You will keep what you have, but grow so much more. You'll learn so much. I started taking classes at the Flint Institute of Art with a couple really great instructors. And I've been with them for, gosh, what, six years now? And I have gone from being a, you know, mediocre to good painter to a lot better. Oh, yeah. I've watched the growth. Yeah, you've seen my paintings from before to now. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I would love to be able to take as many classes as you do. Yeah. That's just not going to happen quite yet. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) One of these days. One of these days. And 
So I didn't realize until you just said that you had done pottery earlier. Yes. Uh, way back in high school, but then you just started again. Was that a year ago? No. Nope. Well, about yeah, a year and a half to two years ago back in, in Shack, but it, it was not very long ago. But every time I would come into the Flint Institute of Arts, they have like a, the hallways, like a side of the building of FIA that is just classrooms and instructors. And I would pass by the pottery class every day. And if the instructor has got, his name is Guy Adamek. If you would see me, he'd come rushing out and he'd like talk to me, you know, you need to come in here. We've got a, we've got a handicap wheel for you to use. And he'd drag me in there to show me. And I'm like, okay, yeah. One of these days, one of these days. And it took me like two years before I actually signed up for one. And, oh, I wish I would have signed up sooner because that my friend is a fun thing to do. It is like Christmas. Every time I go in there, to, you know, see what came out of the kiln and see if it turned out, see what it looks like, you know. It's just so much fun. The gratification is more instant than painting. You know, I can work on a painting. Gosh, I mean, it's taken me a year to finish a painting before. So it's not as fun, but boy, is it's more rewarding. So the painting, once it's done, I feel more rewarded. But pottery is like way more fun and <laughs> Quicker, you know, a quicker turnaround. So, yeah. And sometimes you need that. You need the little pick me up. And there's some science to the pottery, too, because you don't exactly know what the glaze is going to look like. You don't. You don't. In fact, half the time, I think it's going to be one thing. And then, you know, all the pottery comes out and they, there's a bunch of people's, people's pottery and they're all stacked up. And you go looking through to find yours because in your mind, you're expecting it to look like this, but it doesn't like, oh, well, and then you get a little bit let down because it's like, that's not what I expected. But then after you see it for a while, then you think, okay, well, I still kind of like that, you know, (laughs) or it runs and sticks to the floor of the kiln and, you know, but yeah, there's a lot to learn with pottery, especially the glazing part of it, but it's fun. Is there another artistic avenue that, that you have your eye on? Really, I should, I, I do, but I can't anymore. You know, I just, I put an addition on my house just to put my <laughs> art up in there. And it's a pretty big room and it is packed. You know, I do jewelry. I haven't done that in a while, but I love doing jewelry, beading, especially the wire work jewelry. Yep. I also crochet. I love to crochet and I've got a new grandbaby now, so I'll be doing more of that. So yes, yes. Yeah. And let's see what else I do. Acrylic pour, you know that because we've yep. taken it together. So, oh gosh, there's just so much that I would love to get into, but I just don't have the room or the time because, you know, you don't want to spread yourself so thin <laughs> that okay. And everything just, and not really good at, you know, yeah. One, so, so are you still more a fan of acrylic or watercolor? Cause it seems like you have equal amounts. I know. Right. Here's the deal with, with acrylic. Acrylic is harder to me, but it's less scary because you can always fix a mistake with acrylic. Yep. It also takes me longer to do an acrylic painting than a, than a watercolor. Watercolor is faster. Watercolor is less scary. Well, no, it's more scary because 
you can fix up to a certain point, but if you really make a, you know, you've kind of ruined the painting, but I find it easier to do. So, yeah. So it's kind of like, so I'm not quite sure what, I think I like the end product of my acrylic paintings better probably because of my old man painting. He's my favorite, but I, you know, I love both. I love both watercolor and acrylic. I try to do one of each at the same time, kind of flip flop back and forth. Yeah. I like to paint big and acrylic. So those are hard to take into my class to work on because, you know, I'm in a wheelchair. So I tend to take my watercolors into class and work at home on my acrylics. Oh, that makes sense. Do you have any interest? Because I don't know if I want to do it, but I want to try oils painting. I have done one oil painting in my life, and that was early on. My cousin owns it. She's in Kentucky. It was fun. It's way different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, it doesn't dry. It just doesn't dry at all. And I really don't. The reason I'm not doing any more oil is because of the toxicity of it. You know, the it's just yeah. not you and with my health issues I don't need anything more to worry about but you know they do have like the water-based oils now so I would like to try those yeah I heard about that and it used to be that oil you could get more vibrant color but now acrylics have come so far yeah not so much I still think you can get a deeper depthier picture with oils just because of the layering But now, I mean, I do a lot of layering in my acrylics, just, you know, washes and layers. And probably because I mess up so much with the acrylics, there's just a lot of layers. But it does help with the depth of the picture. It does. Something to say with that. True, though. It's true. Watercolor, you can get to a point where if you messed up, the whole thing's gone. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not good at either of them, but I know enough that I know that much about yeah you can muddy up a watercolor pretty easy so you gotta worry about that and then if you if you get like if if you didn't even like draw the face properly and you started painting it it's really hard to change the shape you know what I mean so with all these new scientific advances that they're going through and they're looking at these masterpieces and they're finding how many layers there were and they're finding the mistakes underneath right in one sense, it's kind of reassuring. It's like, okay. But on the other hand, it's like, well, that's not fair. They painted over that for a reason. Right. You're not supposed to know it's there. I, I've got other pictures that I have painted on top of. I mean, not even the mistake of the picture that you see. It's like a completely different picture that it was like, all right, I give up. I'm just over the we're going to do something completely different. I bet they have found some of those too in some of the masters. Yes, yes, yeah. they have. And, and that's where it's like, you're not supposed to see that. You know, it's fascinating <laughs> on the one hand. But it makes me feel better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we are not alone. Right. So we were talking, part of the reason for the podcast is because this is your first full gallery show. And so far, the response has been fantastic. Yeah. You're in line with one of the shows that has sold the most since I've been here. Wow, that's that's exciting. It is, because that puts you in with Annie Crowder. I can't remember her first name. Maria Tarads, the printmaker. How did Maria do? 
Nancy Posen. Remember that show? Oh, Nancy Rosen did well as yeah, she did. She did yeah. well too. Yeah. So yeah, you're in very good company. Wow. Yeah. And there's still two weeks for people to come in and and shop and get a jump on Christmas. I know. Well, I opportunity to have my first solo show. I really appreciate it. It's been two years in the making, right? We talked about it pre-pandemic. Right. Yeah, we did. Yep. Yep. And it, it took me a while to get, first of all, enough pieces and then the pieces ready to be hung. I had a lot of watercolors that were just stacked up that had not been framed. So, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of work that goes into having a show. There is. And I didn't realize that. until. <laughs> <laughs> well, and now it kind of helps you too. There are other shows. You have a piece in Shiawassee right now? I do. Yes. And you've had pieces at the Flynn Institute. Yeah. Have you been at Greater Flint Arts Council? I've looked into that. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> well, <laughs> but there are a lot. The point is there are many other galleries around. Yeah, I'm going to Shiawassee. You can have your own show also there. So I'm going to look into hopefully getting my own show over there also. And that's a nice gallery too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's pretty. Yeah. Well, your show runs until November 5th, and so hopefully we'll get some more people in to see your great work and the old man. (laughs) That would be wonderful. Yeah, and thank you so much for talking with me today on the PIX podcast, but I will be seeing you around the gallery. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, thank you. All right, bye-bye. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the PIX podcast. To learn more about upcoming shows and events, visit www.centerforthearts.lapeer.org.